Let's begin. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Ladies and gentlemen, this Safina Society live stream is brought to you by Mecca Books. You can get a lot of books from Mecca Books uh, on Sira, which is you know, Shama'il and Sira is... Uh, uh, they have a whole section on Mecca books on Shema'at and Sira, and one of the books you can get is Sultan of Hearts. And that one down there too. Shema'at and Tirmidhi? Yeah. Oh, this is like a nicer copy of the one that's in my hands. This looks good. Who's this by? Zemzem Publisher. Who are they? Oh, it's out of Stan. It's out of Stan. It's out of Pakistan. Yeah, it's Mecca books. Yeah, Mecca books too. Very, very nice copy. I mean, this is my old, I got the old-fashioned copy. It's the same. It's the same book, this, with the same commentary, but it's a much nicer copy. So, well, and that's the case. I might read from this today, right? Okay, it's the same exact copy. And Shema'il of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, okay, um, is something that you we got to read all the time. And you have to have n- not just one. You never just have one book on a subject. Is no author gathers all the knowledge, right? So. There's a saying in Arabic that we say, La shaykh yughni an shaykh. There's no concept. You should never have this idea that, oh, I have this book, I don't need any other book. Oh, I, I have this shaykh, I don't listen to any other shaykh. You should never have that. Because no one gathers the entire sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Not a single soul will gather. Now, it's, it's different if you're talking about a discipline. Like if I'm learning technical knowledge of fiqh, that's a technical knowledge, Right? Or I have a sheikh that helps me in spiritual matters, gives me adhkar. Now that's something that you don't go to another sheikh to, not because of the idea that he has everything, nobody else has anything. No, but because that will actually mess up your system. You don't go to two different doctors, right? You don't go to a doctor and say, hey, listen, uh, uh, he's treating me for cancer on Tuesday, you're treating me for cancer, the same cancer on Wednesday. You don't do that. That will mess up your body. So from that angle, we don't do that. If I'm studying, let's say, uh, uh, a certain subject matter, then uh, a certain book, then I finish that book with that sheikh. I can study the same book with another sheikh. I can study a different book with another sheikh. There is no sheikh on the earth that will make you say, I don't need any other sheikh. This is a trick of Iblis. Because then once you have a fallout with that one sheikh, or he proves himself that he's not that what you thought, now you're in trouble. You have what they call a crisis. Iman crisis, they say this. Who coined this ridiculous, terrible term? Iman crisis. None of us should have Iman crisis. Because our Iman does not rest on a human being. Our Iman is supported by all human beings. Now, let me tell you something. A lot of people, they have issues in relationships because they go too little or too far. And I'll give you the fiqh of relationships. Quite simply, is that the first relationship with the default relationship with people is ghurba. He's a gharib. He's a complete stranger. I don't know you, right? And you don't know me. That's the first default. The second is that you simply have, re- is recognition. I recognize that person. That's it. Right? Uh, 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 it's, a, it's a recognition. This is like a ma'rifah. The word ma'rifah means recognition. We're not talking about ma'rifah of Allah. We're just talking about recognition. I recognize so-and-so. Yeah, I recognize him from the masjid. I recognize him from the local uh, bakery or whatever. It's simply recognition. 
Like the gas station next to your house, you probably recognize the attendants that pump the gas. I have been pumping this gas with the same guy for like 10 years. Same guy. It's terrible. We never thought once to actually have anything beyond a regular conversation. It's terrible. Every day. Huh? This is how he answers. When you come in for the gas, you're older and, huh? We never thought like this to say, hey, by the way, it's been 10 years you've been pumping my gas. What's your name? Are you okay? How's life? No. We should change that. But that's the beauty of local businesses, to have relationships. Because one day, I might actually, like, my card might be scratched. It doesn't work. Local businesses, they're all right, take the gas you pay me later, right? We do that all the time in local businesses. Anyway, side point. I'm out of it. The, the third relationship, level of a relationship is my favorite. It's we call a suhba. Okay? A suhba. Suhba means we populate the same location and do the same things. It's not like friendship. Okay? We just, like when you go to the local masjid, there are going to be people there. I know them. We know each other. We love seeing each other. And that's the relationship. That's it. He's not at my house. I'm not at his house. It's just like we pray together. We love each other because we're worshiping Allah together. That's it. There's nothing more. Right? That is my favorite relationship. It can't go bad. Right? It can't go bad. If I go to the masjid, I'm not in the mood to see him. I'll go to the other side of the masjid. No blame. No harm, no foul. Right? If he's sick, I ask about him. If he... It's my favorite part of the relationship. Level of relationship. Now, the next one up is called sadaqa. Sadaqa is now we're inviting each other to we're inviting to each other's homes. Okay. Right? That's a different level of a relationship. Now you're at each other's homes. You're now you have each other's numbers, you text, you have fun. It's nice too, right? But I like the sadaqa that is more cool than heated. The more space in this day and age that you have between people. In a sadaqa relationship, the better. This thing can't go bad, right? If we want to have fun, we have fun. If we don't, no harm, no foul. You're never so close to each other and so inside of each other's business that any little thing could be perceived as drama. And many, many people, they go into that. Like they become friends. They go immediately to what's called sadiqun hamim. There's regular sadaqa, regular friendship. Then there's the idea of sadiqun hamim. Really tight friends. And then that higher level than that is Al-Akhilla. Al-Khalil. Your Khalil, you are in each other's lives like this. I actually don't even have any of that. Right? I don't do I don't recommend you do that. Okay. If it happens, let it happen by itself. You know how it could happen by itself? In the trenches. When a war happens, when a drama happens, and by necessity you actually get close to each other by necessity. Okay? You get close to each other. That's from Allah. Then you know it's something good. But for you to willingly get into someone's life or let them into your life, now the chances of something, you know, bad happening is increasing. Like if this thing goes bad, it's really bad. Right? Whereas sadaqa and a suhba, it's almost like there's room now to breathe. 
there the chances of it going bad is not that much and the chances of it you know being like so involved in your life is also not that much so you're you're putting in a little bit less and the the chance for harm is a little bit less so to understand these levels of relationship this is all based on the books that the ulama wrote because of the relationship that muslims should have with one another okay how do we get into the topic at all of this i can't even remember to be honest with you right how do we get into that tangent of things can't even remember huh I'm going to have to run back the tape on that one. Run back the tape. I can't remember how we got into this, but this idea that it's it's friendships have levels. There's complete ghurba, stranger. Then there's, I recognize someone. Then me and him, our, our bodies are in the same building doing the same thing. Like your colleagues at work or your people in the masjid, right? Then there's friends, sadaqa. Now you have phone numbers, you go to each other's homes, you go out together. And then there's the ikhila. The ikhila is going to be like your mother-in-law, your father. You're going to be like so in each other's lives, okay? And that's the big difference, right? That's, that's uh, a big difference. And, and in the old days, life was so much more predictable. Today, I tell people, look, you guys, let's say you're like two, three uh, friends that just coming in the deen, and you may imagine we're always going to be like this. Don't, I'm telling you from experience, don't imagine that, right? It's not thinking ill of other people or the future. It's, I'm telling you what is the best. What is the best is the concept of sadaqa. And stop it at there. And sadiqun hamim, you're increasing the chance now, if something happens bad between you, it's going to get really bad. Like a divorce. Oh, we got into that because we were saying, your relationship with your shiuch. That's how we got into that. You should not have a relationship with your shiuch that is such a thing that if something bad was to happen, your holy man would collapse. No. Don't, don't have this dependency. In any event, that's why we said you should have a number of books. All of this was to say, in any topic, you should have a number of books and never say, right? Right? Super Mecca books ad. Yes, this was like a long Mecca books ad. So that... You don't, you don't just have one Shema'il book. Why? Do you think one person can gather all the Shema'il of the Prophet? You don't have one Sira book. You should have a section in your library. And you should do public readings in your house. Like, son, get the book. Everyone gather around. Everyone put their phones away. Right? And the remote control. And, and read us a chapter. Ten minutes. And he, publicly, he openly reads the chapter, or recitation. So that's one thing. Next uh, sponsor that we have here is... Professors one-to-one. This, they really work. And by the way, they're hiring. If you want to be a tutor, contact, go to professorsone-to-one.com, contact them, and become a tutor, right? And if you uh, don't, if you need help, or anyone you know needs help, this is the place to go to, all right? Uh, professorsone-to-one.com, okay? Oh, uh, hey, Rye, the paver's calling. Could you take this call, Rye? Yes. Yeah. Yes, hello, Jimmy. You, all right. All right. Ryan will come and move the cars. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, move the cars. And do you need the BMW moved too? The red BMW? Yeah, yeah. I need two. I need two for coming inside for my car. All right. You're gonna have to knock on yoga pants and tell her to move. Her. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Yeah, and then lastly, we're going to have Patreon. Your support is what makes this happen. As you can see, we are getting better and better, right? 
in our stream. Uh, what matters is the ilm, what matters is the intention, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put us on the earth to test us of who will do the best of actions, and we want to do the best of actions. We want to do the, we want to have a great live stream, uh, outwardly and inwardly, not just, uh, you know, nice intention. We want to have a great, great live stream. So, with that, let us now turn to our chapter today on the Shema'il of the Messenger, Sayyid al Kunain, alayhi salatu wassalam, while Ryan moves all the cars, because we're going to have such a gorgeous backyard, you're not even going to imagine how amazing this backyard is going to be. Pavers, lawn, a beautiful pink dogwood tree, right? A, what do they call it? Um, it's like a thing with a roof, a little thing with a little cover. I don't even know what it's called. But it's going to be, I think actually, people might come here for wedding pictures. I'm not even kidding you. It's that pretty. It's going to be that pretty when we're done with it the backyard and people are going to say you know what this was a good idea after all we doubted you but you did put something together that was amazing so today we are on the ibadah of Sayyid al-Kawnayn alayhi salatu wassalam alayhi asraful uh, 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 okay here we go number one let us now turn to the hadith of the Prophet of his motivation for ibadah. And this is so, so important. If you want Allah to answer your prayers, be ready to be a grateful servant. How do I be a grateful servant? Very simple. Ask Allah to make you a grateful servant. I want to be Abdan Shakura. I do not want to be a take, 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 take. Do you like to have a friend that's all take, 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 take? We call that in, in Egyptian, maslaha. You even save, it, save his name on your phone as maslaha. V, a canopy, yes, it's like a canopy with a ceiling and the electricity in it too, and a fan. So, uh, we call this person maslaha. What does maslaha mean? It means benefit. He only cares about you as long as you can give him a benefit. Terrible human being. Terrible, 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 terrible quality to have as a human being, but acceptable. Yani if you only turn to Allah and you do all your obligations, let's say hypothetically, you're like a regular average Muslim, right? You only do your obligations and your prohibitions, but when... You're in need, you pray extra. You do extra. You remember Allah extra. When the problem goes away, you forget Allah. Or opposite. You want something. Right? So you, you remember Allah only when you want something. Okay? And then as soon as you get it, you sit there enjoying it and you forget about it. That is acceptable, but it's not a good quality. A lot of things are acceptable, but not good. Not great. Like if your son comes home to you with an 84 on his Algebra 2 test. Okay, it's not a C, but do you like it? No. Is he going to... You're outside the realm of sort of getting in trouble or like revising things. Now he comes home with a 63. You're revising life, right? We're, I don't know what you're doing, but we're revising everything. 84, you're sort of not... I'm not smiling, and I'm not frowning. Okay? So, that's that type of ibadah. It's accepted. It's, it's iman. It's not something that's nice, though. You want to be abdan shakura. And that's what the Prophet ﷺ said, that it said about him. He used to pray so much night prayer. Okay? And then when he was said, you're doing this, and Allah has given you everything already. And He's forgiven you. And he's given you, when, when, when he says you've forgiven you, it means that he's forgiven your ummah, okay, as well. 
Like the shafa'ah has been given to you. The intercession has been given to you to the major centers of your ummah. What is his response? أَفَلَا أَكُونُ عَبْدًا shakura. Shall I not be a thankful servant? And I'm telling you, if you want your Allah to answer your prayers, add in your prayers, make me a thankful servant. I want to be thankful. I, re- I want to reach the level in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me what I've wanted. Right? Like more than I can imagine. My brain's going to blow up from how much Allah has given me. And He will give you that when you purify your heart. Because if you, if you follow the sharia, inwardly and outwardly, and you struggle with this, it's not going to be easy. And you fight it, and you go with it, your whims will transform. Your whim will move to a certain location under the heavens where you will desire what's already written for you. It will be pleasurable to you. you it will be a dream to you. And then it's going to happen. And you will feel like, my dreams have been fulfilled. Like my biggest, if I had a, a wish list, it's been fulfilled. You're going to reach a point now and you will say, Oh Allah, I'm finished. I don't want anything anymore. You have, what you, this is just more than enough. You filled, overflowed my plate. I want to spend the rest of my life paying shukr for that. I want to spend the rest of my life in shukr. This is a huge maqam. This is called the maqam of ar-radiya wal-mardiya. Your ego has a number of maqams. The first level of your ego is if you leave it alone. Now the human being has a good nature and he has a bad nature. Okay? So you leave a baby alone, he's going to like love animals, for example. But you also leave a baby alone, the dunya, the food, the indulgence, bad things will corrupt this nature. Okay? Uh, bad interactions with other humans. There's no such thing as a human like in a lab. You exist with other humans. Other humans can corrupt you. They can ruin you. It will stimulate what we call a nafs al-amara. It's your nafs. It make it becomes amara. Amara means commanding to wickedness. Commands to what's wicked. All right. That's the default, because there's no such thing as this. Hayy uh, bin Yaqdan had this famous thought experiment of what happens if you had a child in a uh, in an island. What would that child look turn out to be like? It's just an experiment. It's not real. Sharia always comes, Quran always speaks to us what's real. The real truth of human beings, you're always alive with other human beings. If you don't, if those human beings are left unchecked, if the nafs is left unchecked, you're going to be ammar. You start to learn what's right and what's wrong, and you recognize the truth of things. At that point, you're not, you don't go directly from being a demon to an angel. There's a gradation, a gradation, a gradient, okay, a gray area. Okay? There's a time where you will fo- follow what you believe in and a time when you won't. So when you don't, what happens when you're back and forth, bouncing back and forth? That's the human condition, right? And that's called toba. So I did good. I went back. I, I, I fell off. Why, why did you fall when you know you shouldn't do that? Because you're a human. So cool it a little bit, but with sinners. Sinners, it's not that it's a bad thing, but it's not something to be totally angry with because you're a human being. Okay? Now you have to bounce back. We call that toba. And that stage you're called a nafs al You keep blaming yourself. That's a good thing. 
we hope Jannah for it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, some souls, they have mixed good deeds and bad deeds. It may be that Allah has mercy upon them. It means Allah will have mercy upon them. The third level is that finally, finally, you have disciplined this ego of yours, which is yourself. We're talking to ourselves here. You've disciplined this ego. Okay? Like a dog. You train the dog well. That's why horse breeding, even training a dog for hunting, things like that, you may learn a little thing about yourself. Okay? How to train a wild beast. And the nafs is no different. Right? What does the dog want? It wants to eat, procreate. Okay? And just be sleep. But you want to do the same thing. So, you've learned how to discipline this thing and you've learned how long it takes and you finally have reached the shore of safety. And you don't fall into those sins again. Yes, maybe you fall into a minor sin here or there, but you don't fall into these sins again. Right? That's the beauty of it. That's called the nafs al-mutma'inna. You have left the raging sea. You've landed on the beach. You're alive. The raging sea will not drown you anymore. Imagine every time you walk down a path, a dog comes out and fights you and bites you and scratches you. Every day you got to deal with this dog. What misery. I'm hurt. I'm bleeding here. Finally, the day has come. You've chained that dog. You can pass safely. You put a muzzle on it. You pass peace and quiet in your ears. You're no longer going to get bitten. You cannot imagine the sweetness and the relief of that nafs al-mutma'inna. Once you have a nafs al-mutma'inna, now you can be entrusted and given gifts. If Can you be given nice piece of meat if there's a dog, a Rottweiler, right, coming at you? No. You can't be given it. You'll lose it. Okay? So your nafs, once you've tamed it, and that's the importance of, if you have a kid, raise him upon that. Kiss a shortcut in life. Right? Rather than letting his nafs go crazy and then coming back. Right? So you, you finally reach this, this amazing, amazing state of an nafs al mutma'inna. It's at peace. This is what I believe in, and I do the same exact thing. My ego is no longer waging a war against me, my ego has accepted. My, your ego is you. I've accepted the divine law. Now usually, what is it that makes someone accept the divine law? In many, many cases, it's not just discipline. It's reward. Right? You're a human being. You don't are not motivated just for the sake of discipline. Yes, I believe I shouldn't be doing this. But what's going to make me not do it? Which is the idea that there is a reward. And my iman has now reached a point, I believe Allah will give me that reward. In this life, before the next. They get the good news in this life, before the next. Which leads us to the next level of the soul, al-radiyah. Between al-lawama, al-mutma'inna, then it's radiyah. Radiyah, pleased. Pleased why? It's dua has been answered. It's wish list has been given to him, and more. Because the, 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 the nafs lawama, the person that keeps going back and forth, when he sees what possibly Allah can give him in this world, he goes to mutma'inna. And then he strengthens in that state, and then Allah Ta'ala bestows upon him the gifts. You don't go straight. There's a middle level where you have to wait a couple years 
and then Allah Ta'ala gives you what you now the way that the Shiu have described it is what you have dreamed and not even dreamed will become something that is given to you as a gift graduation gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the way that we understand that is that by moving my nafs into alignment with the sacred law I have also altered my desires and my nature now is I only have a craving and a desire for what is already written for me okay and so it appears to me as it plays out that my dua has been answered in reality I have moved my nafs to what Allah has already written for me right and I crave something that's destined for me so your dua is mustajab that's how the awliya's dua is mustajab okay how do I understand the difference between destiny, what's destined for me, qada and qadar, and istijabat al-da'wah? When you're aligned with the sacred law and you follow it properly, okay, you will only desire what's written for you. And you'll sort of, it'll come into your mind as a desire. Right? But in reality, it's also written for you. So that's what's called al-nafs al-radiyah. It's pleased. It is so happy with what Allah has given it. So pleased that now it moves to another level that says, all I want now is to be grateful. And that's what Allah says here about the, uh, what they say about the, what the Prophet said. Should I not be a grateful servant? That's a nafs al-mardiyah. Mardiyah, it's pleasing to Allah because Allah loves the, gra- the grateful. Does he love the penitent? Yes. Does he love the perfectly obedient? Yes. Does he love the one who is worthy of his gifts? Yes. But his greatest love is for the grateful servant. Shakur. At this point, the Abd says, what you've given me, at this moment in time, based on what you, anything that gets thrown my way, I'm accepting it. He is completely, Shakur is not just grateful for what he likes, he's grateful for what he doesn't like. Think about the level of generosity that Allah bestows upon these awliya that makes them reach the point. Naturally, they will say, anything that comes to me at this point afterwards from this Lord, I am accepting it happily. Okay? I'm accepting it because of how you've treated me. Imagine that, right? That what, what has Allah given him? All right? What has Allah given him that made him so happy and so pleased with his existence that he says to Allah, Anything at this point, I am pleased with it. So that's called al-nafs al-mardiyah. And in the Quran, it's called shakura. I'malu ala Dawuda shukra. Wa qalilun min ibadiyah shakur. Very few reach this level. Qalilun. And with tajweed, qalilun min ibadiyah shakur. Few of my ibad reach the level of being shakur. And then finally, beyond that is a nafs al-kamila. It's complete. What does it mean it's complete? Didn't the Prophet ﷺ say, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى None of you truly believes until. It's, that means this person, there is not a virtue of the virtues that is taught by the Qur'an and the Sunnah except that he possesses it. A share of it. So he's complete. There's no holes in this person's character. There's no holes in their deen. Doesn't mean he won't occasionally come into a sin or a, a fatwa that's a mistake. It's possible. Okay? But overall, he's filled in all the holes. These are the seven levels 
of what are the stages of our ego. Okay? It's still called an ego, but it's perfected. Nafs. Next hadith says, حدثنا محمد بن جعفر حدثنا شعبة عن أبي إسحاق عن الأسود ابن يزيد قال سألت عائشة I asked Aisha radiallahu anha عن صلاة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بالليل فقالت كان ينام أول الليل He sleep early in the night The first portion of the night he sleeps in it ثم يقوم Then he would get up Until فإذا كان من السحر أوتر Once the end of the night has arrived he makes witr ثم أتى فراشه Then he'd go back to bed فإن كان له حاجة ألم بأهله If he had a need he pulled over his wife Okay فإذا سمع الأذان وثب When he hears the adhan he gets up فإن كان جنبا If he was جنب he goes into a tub and he pours the water on himself takes a wudu وإلا توضأ وخرج إلى الصلاة And if not if he's not جنب he goes out to the prayer. What do we have here? We have our version of the ibadah of a Muslim is not monasticism. If you happen not to be married, fine. But if you believe that that's better, wrong. Here you have the Messenger of worshipping Allah and this wife of his, this human being also has needs. They have needs and desires. Fulfilling them for them is a blessing for you and it's a fulfillment for them. It's ibadah. Okay? I think this is the first religion that's come down that's basically said that this human desire is worship. I don't know what uh, the previous you know, dispensation said. Sayyidina Dawood has said he had 100 wives and 3,000 concubines. But... Point being is our religion is one that has to be balanced, okay? And chances, the balance is never going to be in lack of worship. We never have to temper people's ibadah these days. The the type of people you have to temper their ibadah, you can count them on your fingers, right? We have to encourage more ibadah, right? But here you have the Messenger, being a complete, full human being. He sleeps a little bit, he prays a little bit, and he sleeps with his wife. And there's no shame in this at all. Sayyidah Isha saying it. Okay, You might ask, how did Sayyidah Isha speak to the Sahaba? Her room was adjacent to the mosque. It was a, like an extension. Imagine a mosque and a room right outside the musalla. She lived there, right? So there was a curtain up between that. okay, Or a door. Or a door and a curtain. Whatever it was. Different people say different things. And when she would come out to the people, there would be like, Someone making maybe like an announcement. She's ready to take questions and she would say behind the curtain. They would never see her. Why wouldn't they ever see her? Because if they saw her and they found her attractive, that is a major issue with your heart that you are find a shahwa and a desire for the wife of the Prophet. It's not any, any person's wife. That's the wife of the Prophet. Wife of the Prophet is your mother. Spiritually. If you, have, if you, if you ever looked at your mom and became sexually attracted to your mom... What do we tell with this person, Ryan? Something's that must be something terribly wrong. Now it's one thing to say, my mom is beautiful, she's pretty. In the same way that I find an artwork, you don't have a sexual desire to an artwork, right? Piece of artwork, you say it's, it's gorgeous. You can see a guy, very handsome. There's no sexual attraction there, right? So likewise, 
You could say, my mom, oh, look at her old pictures. Man, she was beautiful. There's no sexual attraction. If there is, the fitra has been warped up. In a spiritual sense, you cannot go and have an attraction to the wife of the Prophet. It will mess you up. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab, once before the women of the Prophet were fully covered, he saw a Sahabi having an extended gaze and or just exposed. The wife of the Prophet was exposed. Her face was exposed to a Sahabi. Prophet Sayyidina Umar said, command there to be a barrier between the, your wives and the people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proved that correct and it came down. See, Sayyidina Umar's his soul was so aligned with the truth that he would sense the sacred law before it came down. 22 times, says As-Suyuti, 22 times, Sayyidina Umar thought of something, had a con- came to a conclusion, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it law. How does that happen? Does Allah make law based on Sayyidina Umar? No, it's the soul of Sayyidina Umar was in full alignment that his soul, his, his mind was perceiving what was, was already Allah's decision. And Sayyidina Imam Suyuti says that 13 of these times, Umar spoke with an utterance which was revelation, before the revelation came down. 13 times, okay, the actual utterance of Sayyidina Umar was a verse. That's how in line his soul was with the truth that he was inspired with the law that Allah hasn't even yet revealed. Okay? It's as if the souls up in the heavens and in the sky is witnessing without us realizing the future and then coming down to us and we're processing it as our own decision. It appears to us as it's my own judgment. It's not your own judgment. You're inspired now. You're, you're mulham. You're inspired. حدثنا قتيبة بن سعيد عن مالك بن أنس قتيبة بن سعيد narrates from Malik ibn Anas and وحدثنا anytime you're reading a chain of transmission it says حدثنا حدثنا and then it says وحدثنا he adds the well there that means new chain of transmission وحدثنا إسحاق بن موسى الأنصاري حدثنا معن عن مالك سيدنا الإمام مالك عن مخرمة ابن سليمان عن كريب عن ابن عباس Anytime you see Imam Malik in a chain, pay attention. Anytime you see Imam al-Bukhari in a chain, pay attention. Imam Muslim in a chain, pay attention. That chain is sahih. Okay. The, many other ulama have gathered between the sahih and the da'if. Right? Many. But the three, and the four, Ibn Khuzayma too. But the, four, the three main ones, that if his name is in a chain, pay attention to the names after that chain. They're all sound. Of the highest level of authority. Okay, so this is Makhrama ibn Sulaiman, Quraib and ibn Abbas. One of the highest tazkiyas is that Malik chose to narrate from somebody. Because he was such a meticulous uh, 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 transmitter. And he would only transmit. You know, it came to the point that, Sayyidina, uh, that Malik went to Mecca and there was a transmitter there. Everyone was taking from and he observed him and he refused to take from him. Okay. And they asked him, why didn't you never take from him? You never sit in his class. And he wouldn't answer. Until finally they did see him taking from his class. And then they said, why? He said, I saw him narrate a hadith about the Prophet's description and weeping. He wept. 
So I knew he's a righteous man. And I sat on him. He took from him after that. He says that Ibn Abbas akhbarahu an inda maymuna. The Prophet slept, uh, sorry, Ibn Abbas slept over in the house of Maymuna. Why would he do that? Because that is his aunt, Maymuna bint al Hadith. She's the aunt of Ibn Abbas. Okay? Her, his dad and her are brother and sister. So that makes her his aunt. Uh, sorry, the, the, I think it's from the mom's side, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it's from the mom's side. If I'm not mistaken, but it's his khala. Yes, it's his khala. Maymuna and Ibn Abbas's mom, they're sisters. So he's sleeping over her house. He can see her without hijab. Okay. He said, So the Prophet, Maymuna, and he slept across them. Okay. Okay, he slept long ways. He slept from the beginning of the night to the middle of the night. Or before the middle of the night by a little bit. Or after it by a little bit. Okay, so it's hovering around the middle of the night. First thing the Prophet got up, wiping the sleep off of his face. وَقَرَأَ الْعَشْرَ الْآيَاتِ الْخَوَاتِيمَ مِنْ سُورَةِ آلِ عِمْرَانِ And he recited the last ten verses of Ali Imran. It's one of the sunan to recite those last ten verses from Surah Ali Imran. ثُمَّ قَامَ إِلَى شَنٍ مُعَلَّقٍ فَتَوَضَّأَ مِنْهَا Then he got up to a goat skin. And they used to take skins and make uh, use them as water bags, essentially. Okay. He made wudu. فأحسن الوضوء. And he did a nice, slow, good wudu. ثم قام يصلي. Then he got up to pray. قال عبد الله بن عباس. He continues. I got up too. Okay. And stood next to him. فوضع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يده اليمنى على رأسي. ثم أخذ بأذن اليمنى ففتلها. Then he put his hand on my head. He rubbed his head and he held his right ear and he just touched it like this. Okay. What is that? The boy getting up for tajid. He's a young boy at this time. He's showing him approval without talking. Showing him love and approval of what he's doing without talking. Okay, because not the time for chit chat. Tahajjud is not the time for chit chat. But by touching, you can show approval. And anyone who has kids knows this, right? Or a husband and wife, you know this. You can say a lot by just touching them. Okay? And a touch with love. That's what the Prophet is going to touch for approval, signal of approval, okay, and a, an affection. Okay, it's important to show this because it shows that you're pleased with what they're doing. And there's also something very special about touching. That's why touching is haram between men and women. Skin to skin contact, you can't underestimate, you know, what what there is in that, right? That between husband and wife, it can cure a lot of maladies of the heart. We know physically that as soon as a baby comes out of the mother, it, there has to be skin-to-skin contact, right? There's, it does something. There was a report then that you can look at that there was a, a, a baby that um, twins, one was very healthy, one was very sick. And they separated them and they tried to treat the sick baby, right? But at one point, they ended up, there was only one little baby basket, so they put the baby 
in not a basket, you know, these bassinets. So they put the two together. At somehow, the healthy baby reached up and held, put his arm on the sick baby, the twin. And there was no shirt on the sick baby, so it was a skin to skin. And the nurses noticed the vital signs of the baby improving over a period of time. They said, hold on to that, leave it like that. Something about the skin to skin, you can look this up, I'm not making it up. Okay, Someone on the stream, look it up and give me a link to type up. And when we do the Q&A, we'll read that story. The skin to skin is very important. So here the Prophet Sallallahu has a very gentle like touching of his ear and his head. Okay. So then he says, فَصَلَّ رَكَعْتَيْنِ ثُمَّ رَكَعْتَيْنِ ثُمَّ رَكَعْتَيْنِ ثُمَّ رَكَعْتَيْنِ ثُمَّ رَكَعْتَيْنِ ثُمَّ رَكَعْتَيْنِ Then the Prophet ﷺ said, six prayed, twelve rakas. Two, 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 two. Twelve rakas. ثُمَّ أَوْتَرَ Then one raka. Total of thirteen rakas. Then he slept again. Or he laid down again. But he laid down without falling asleep. Okay? Alright? When the Mu'addin came, he got up and he prayed two very short rakas. Then he went out to the masjid to pray subh with the people. Salatul Fajr is called subh. The time is called Fajr, but the prayer is called subh. That is a beautiful tahajjud of the Messenger I'm telling you, and I could swear up and down about this, I don't know how problems persist if you have tahajjud. If you have tahajjud, wallahi, by Allah, okay, it will be a relief of all your problems. Even if the problem persists, your perception of it will transform. Well, so, it's, so that you don't think, oh, we're selling some magic. It's all magic. Guaranteed, either the problem will be solved or your perception of it will shift. And so it will shift so much that the same problem, you may start viewing it as an advantage. Tahajjud. But we got to be fighting sins in the day and we got to make sure our income is halal. Next hadith on Shu'aba, on Abi Jamra, on Ibn Abbas. Okay. Haddathana Abu Quraib, Muhammad ibn al-Ala, Haddathana Waqiyah, عن شعب عن أبي جمرة عن ابن عباس كان النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم يصلي من الليل ثلاثة عشرة ركعة. That's what he witnessed. He witnessed thirteen ركعات. وأن وعن عائشة أن النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم كان إذا لم يصلي بالليل منعه من ذلك النوم أو غلبته عيناه صلى من النهار ثنتي عشرة ركعة. If the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and showing us an example that there were days so exhausted he slept through the whole night. Why? Because it happens, right? He's showing, he that happened to him to show us that it will happen to you too. I mean, I'm sure it's possible that you maybe you traveled half a day, maybe you worked overtime, whatever it is, you slept through the whole night. But what would he do? He'd get up, his duha salah, he would make up his tahajjud. Whatever it was, 12 rakahs, in this case. And that's why duha is also the makeup of tahajjud. If you miss your tahajjud, make it up in salat al-duha. 
حدثنا قتيبة بن سعيد حدثنا أبو عوانة عن قتادة عن زرارة عن سعد ابن هشام عن عائشة رضي الله عنها أن النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم كان إذا لم يصلي بالليل منعه من ذلك النوم أو غلبت عيناه صلى من النهار ثنتي عشر ركعة وعن أبي هريرة أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا قام أحدكم من الليل فليفتتح صلاته بركعتين خفيفتين If you're going to do many other many rak'at then you start off with a small short rak'at Warm up Even in ibadah has warm up Right? You go into big ibadah like that you can hurt yourself You don't go lift, weightlifting and lift something big you can hurt yourself Okay? So if you're going to do many rak'at start with two short rak'at Okay? Alright, so now um how long would be going, right? All right, let's stop here. 48 minutes is good. Oh, shoot. Were you guys, did you guys have the bookmark? Shoot, sorry about that. I just took out your bookmark. Okay, good. You can take the bookmark back. But I just accidentally, I'll put my own bookmark in here. Put my own bookmark in here and then I'll, and then you guys could put your bookmark. Let's go to the uh, article about the skin to skin. Here it is. Okay. Um, Elegant Adams. Cleveland Clinic. All right, let's go to that. Cleveland Clinic, Article 15276. Let's go to that. All right. Cleveland Clinic. What number did I say? Uh, 15276. 276, skin to skin. And it should come up. Here it is. Skin-to-skin contact for you and baby. Not just you and baby. You and every, you know, who else, whoever else you need to be close to. Skin-to-skin means your full-term healthy baby is placed belly down on your chest right after birth. Which is pretty much what every civilization was probably doing in the old days, right? Because number one, they probably didn't have as much cloth. And that's what you did. And that's, isn't, wouldn't that be what every mother wants to do anyway, Right? Puts a hat on him or her, covers him or her with a warm blanket, and gets your baby settled on your chest. The first hours of snuggling skin to skin let you and your baby get to know each other, and they are important health benefits. What are we reading here? Cleveland Clinic, not some kind of hippie vegan website, right? If your baby needs to meet the pediatrician first, or if you deliver by C-section, you can unwrap your baby and cuddle shortly after birth. If necessary, your partner can do the partner, your spouse can do the initial skin to skin. Newborns crave skin to skin contact, but it's sometimes overwhelming for new moms. Why would it be overwhelming for the new mom? I, mean, I have no experience being a mom, but wouldn't you want your baby in front of you? Okay, let's look at the health benefits. They gotta infuse their 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 lifestyle in these articles. They tell me. Uh, partner rescuing hug this is 
Another article, Rescuing Hug, Baby Twins Brielle and Kyrie. In 1995, a pair of twins, Brielle and Kyrie Jackson, were born 12 weeks premature. Each weighed only two pounds, like a little mouse. And one of them was expected to die, not to survive. At three weeks, one twin went into critical condition. Her heart was soaring, her oxygen level dropping, and she was turning blue. The nurses tried everything, but nothing worked, and they were about to lose her. Then one nurse, Gail Kasparian, Armenian, decided to put the stronger twin next to her sister in the same incubator. Where did she get to do this? I think she got to do this from her instincts. Fitra, instincts, maybe ilham, from an angel that wants to save this baby. Just like, it was not a procedure. It's not something that's to be done. Okay, The standard procedure is to put them in separate incubators to avoid risk of infection, right? Which makes sense too. Then what happens? Okay. Once the twins were together, the baby snuggled up to Kyrie, the stronger twin. As soon as Kyrie put her arm around her sister, the vital signs, including breathing and heart rate of the weaker twin, instantly stabilized. They called this the rescuing hug. So the nurse, I think that the, that, that nurse did it by instinct. Okay? Without the rescuing hug, the weaker twin would not have been able to survive. The hug helped change medicine in the U.S. Amazing. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Thank you, Ryan. So that's the idea here about it's not just skin to skin, to skin for babies. I think it's for um, I don't give marriage advice. But instinct and common sense says if a husband and wife have an intimate moment, it's going to erase a lot of their issues, right? It's going to erase a lot of what may be between them, of iciness, of distance, of misunderstanding. Instinct is telling me that. Better sleep quality after skin to skin. Confidence in handling the baby for the mom. Ability to learn how your baby sleeps. Identification of cues by the baby and the mom. Less infant crying and distress. Less sadness. I I don't know what baby blues is. Oh, for the mom. Less baby blues being for the mom. Postpartum depression for the mom. All right? Postpartum depression happens because this woman has a baby usually and they don't have a support system around them in the United States the way we live in England, America, and all these places. Western countries, you don't live with like uh, uh, many, a lot of family around you. Okay? You need, you need family around you. In this day and age, in this economy, I tell you, you need family around you. I mean, the idea that this nuclear family is an innovation in human history. That you live mom, dad, and, and the kids. It was always mom, dad, the kids. And around the village was neighbors, uh, were, were family. You need the support system. Okay? Even financially these days, you need the support system. Who can avoid everyone? Uh, everyone now has a home by themselves. not impractical. Paying a babysitter every time you want to get some breathing room. It's not practical. You need a family around you. If you can, you know, have that. Parents are better rested and more relaxed by the end of the first week home because the baby's more relaxed. Increased opportunity for skin-to-skin contra- contact 
produces all these like more stable body temperatures. All right, less crying, more contentment. Even the blood sugar somehow becomes better. Okay, stress hormones decrease. These people, they have to scientifize everything. There's no sense of fitra, right? Instinct tells you to do this. But I guess it's good because it proves the instinct to be correct. Babies get exposed to the bacteria on the mother's skin, which helps their immune system and makes them, uh, protects them from being sick to other harmful germs. So all of this from the skin to skin, we got that because as the Prophet ﷺ had touched Ibn Abbas from his ears, just sick, signaling to him an affection and a love and an approval. And that's where eventually, essentially, we took off from there. Okay. All right. Let us now go to the Q and A. Today we're opening up for Q and A, and generally the topic of ibadah and whatever we've been talking about. It's not a general open Q and A. So, as, as if we touched upon something, you can bring up the question for it. We have a message from Brother Harris. I mean, what is it? Okay, re- restart that. I got you on the mic now. Raise your volume up a little bit, right? The prophetic hadith is to put a tooth of date in the baby's mouth immediately after birth, and they're starting to realize that now putting a bolus of sugar in the baby's mouth immediately after birth helps the baby. So that's also something that, you know, traditionally has been done for over a century, and they're just finding out that that's kind of critical. Repeat, because I couldn't hear. The Prophet Islam putting a date in the baby's mouth. They're, they're scientifically realizing that this is beneficial. Okay, sugar. good. So uh, what Harris Amin said is he brought another sunnah of the Messenger, peace be upon him. When, you, when a baby is born, you take a bite from a date, okay? A little bite off the tip of a date. And then you rub that inside of that date, inside the mouth, and the gums of the baby, and even the tongue if you can. So that immediately some sugar comes into the mouth of the day. That's some the Prophet ﷺ, and apparently now that's a practice. And uh, I'm sure we can find articles for that too. Okay. Mahmoud Muhyiddin, my daughter is nine years old. What is a lenient position in terms of hijab in the madhab? Do I have to mandate it? You should not mandate it until bulugh. But there is a middle period between when a girl is no, becomes sensible and understands and then when she reaches buluh. And in that middle period, there may be a gradation of how she dresses. Now, she may no longer wear short shorts right, or tank tops, but at the same time not wearing hijab. You're going to go through a gradation and then hijab when the time comes uh, of buluh and maybe even slightly before Buluch, so that it's not like, okay, tomorrow. right? So there may be times where she goes out with hijab a couple times, and you can ask the Muslim women how they treat their daughters with that, but I have, I'm also a witness, right? because I have two daughters, so my testimony is not um, illegitimate either. It's a very legitimate testimony, right? Uh, where that's how I've seen things go. So there's a gradation from, let's say, age nine, maybe for two more years, the, the, maybe from age eight, the clothing change a little bit, right? Not like the kitty shorts anymore. The tank tops will start decreasing, and then eventually uh, they start dressing fully like their 
you know, sisters and moms if their moms wear hijab, right? And again, um, the mother is ultimately the best teacher in the family. She's the moral source of the family, right? Turquoise vase. I sometimes think, why not Turkish mosques and masajid work like Western one? When you ask questions to Western Muslims, they say that talk with imam. If you want to marry, go ask imam. When you want to find friends, go to masjid. It is cool. There are a lot of mosques here, and you can find a lot of big mosques and walking distance, but I don't know why it doesn't work as Westerners say about their masjid. I can tell you the answer for turquoise vase. The masjid in America, in England, in all these non-Islamic countries, is the only place there is Islam. These masjid are not just masjid. This is our ummah our community centers. Everything is there. That's why in the East, it is totally reasonable for this idea that women don't go to mosques. She doesn't need to go to the masjid. She's got Islam all around her. In the old days. Now it's changing. I think all of the, the world now is becoming a Western world in that respect. That there's no Islam except in the mosques. But mosques used to be government buildings for the obligatory rituals and the prayers. That's it. All right? You can, if you want to get married, there are people in your family who can help you with that. If you need friends, your family circles could help you with that, right? There used to be zawiyas, like private centers by shiuch that did not rival the mosques. So what is a zawiya? A zawiya is a sheikh, he's got his own building. It's private, right? It's his, it's his building, right? They teach classes, they do everything, but they do not rival the activities of the mosque. We're actually having something like that here, Right? We have this building that we're in right now. We're in the third floor. We got a second floor. We got a first floor. We got a basement. It does a lot of things, none of which rivals the masjid. Right? If we have five prayers here, it's only for the people that are here. Right? We're not advertising. Anyone could eventually, probably people could stop by and pray, but it's not a masjid in that sense. There's not going to be Jummah here. There's not going to be Eid here. There's not going to be Tarawih here. Okay? The, it does not rival the things that the masjid does. But it does what the masjid cannot do, like have a permanent setup for the studio. You do not know the headache of having to set up something every single time and break it down every single time. right? Uh, the classroom space, when we have our ma'had, right, and our seminary, it's not going to change. The setup will remain as it is. Right? You don't have to, you're not going to have strangers coming in Right? And misusing the building. Things like that. We're going to have people off the streets coming to eat and coming into the center. You don't want that at the community mosque. We did that one time. People's stuff was stolen. Weirdos were like high. Right? Looking at... And we're like, you don't want your kid walking down the hall anymore. So we're like, that's not going to work. There's a space for dawah, for online production, for uh, specialized classes that are not for the public. Okay. In other words, it's for tulab al-ilm only. It's a zawiya. But it's a modern zawiya with a studio, with a soup kitchen like the ancient Turks used to do. All right. And with a, mah- a, a, a madrasa in it. So in Turkey, in Egypt, in these places, you didn't need a community center. You had the whole country. You had Islam everywhere. We here only have Islam within the four walls of the mosque. So everyone needs to come to the masjid. That's the only place you're going to find Islam, right? Public place. So that's why 
Turquoise, let me know if you're still here and if, if you understood my question or, or if you got the answer. Because she, she brought up a very good question and that's exactly why. Mahmoud Muhyiddin, may Allah help us with our desires. What about Muslims demonizing secret second marriages? But Western culture has demonized polygamy and made, and if made public, family will be destroyed. The liberal culture, if you notice, is against everything family and children. Children, they want to abort them. Sexuality, have sex that doesn't produce children. Okay? Pornography that destroys a marriage, promote it. Sex work. Legitimize it. Marriage, make fun of it. A father raising his daughter and having a relationship with his daughter and teaching his daughter what the limits are of Islam, oppression and patriarchy. Oppression and patriarchy if it's my rules. Come and bring me my slippers as soon as I walk in the house. Scratch my back. Make me a snack. You could say, fine, this is like, what? If, you, if, if that happened, I'd be like, what? It's not our culture. But the rules of Allah and His Messenger. It's not my rules. Right? That's what I, that's what I say in my household. Say, like, can we do this? No. Why can't we do it? I don't know. It's not my rules. Right? I'm just giving you the... Who provides us this sustenance? Don't we live in peace? We live in great amount of peace. There's never fighting. There's never drugs. There's never depression. Where is this peace coming from? The sakina is coming because we followed Allah's rules. So Allah gives us His sakina. So whatever is in this law book of the Madiki Madhab, that's the law of this house. Why? I don't know. It's because that's the law. We can look at the wisdoms if you want. Why do we have to stop at a red light? Because it makes sense. Okay, fine, you can make sense. But what about two in the morning? Do you still stop at the red light? No one's there? You still stop at the red light? I stopped. I don't do it anymore. I just go through the red light. Right? But don't tell people that. And I probably wouldn't do it in front of my kids either. Because they might misapply the rule and get hit by a car, right? Or they may misinterpret the rule and do it at seven at night and then get hit by a car. So there's a lot of rules, okay, that don't make sense to you. I don't care if it makes sense or not. Why is it that water hydrates and not coffee? Coffee dehydrates. I don't know. The body's created that like that. Khalas, that's it. Who cares? Just if you need hydration, drink water. Don't drink caffeine. Caffeine will dehydrate you. Water will hydrate you. Do you ask why? Oh, Allah created the body like that. Khalas, that's it. So, that's it. So, um, answer of that question was, they are against everything that is family, tarbiyah, producing children, raising children, and they want to steal it from you and take it into the schools and have the schools raise your kids, the schools teaching your kids about sexuality, Right? Absolute strangers can do it. You can't. Okay. Nothing says, I posted on the Patreon community page just to check if, it, if I'm on the correct one. Can someone confirm that it is? Yes, we can confirm for you right now. If we go onto our own Patreon page and see if we have a, a post, let's see. A post. Let's see where. Uh, I don't see a post. Our Patreon page looks like this. It says Safina Society. I don't know if you could see this. It says nothing but... Fa- this is one of the prettiest pages. No, not to like... 
post about our own page. Oh, is your name Zen? Yes. Is this the right page? Yes, it is the right page. Let's post to her. Yes, it is. Okay, so that is Zen, I guess. Uh, her name is nothing, or his name is nothing on YouTube. Khala White, you're not making it up. We did, we do this skin to skin with all preemies. Thank you very much. All right. We got backing from a nurse here. Maham Masoud, I found countless stories of life-saving stories of newborns thanks to Skin to Skin. UNICEF has an article on Skin to Skin. And it's also known as the kangaroo method. Uh, Eglantin Adams says, I've heard somewhere that even when we make wudu and touch our bodies, it has a healing effect. Do you know what else touches your body? Really, it, uh, wallahi it will cure you mentally. Cold water wudus multiple times a day. Um, wallahi it will cure your mood. If you're in a, like a low, yani upset mood, you're a little bit off, make a, a, a wudu with regular room temperature water or cold water. Okay? If you're, and then if you're still like that, make another wudu. Wudu upon wudu. Or every time you go to the bathroom, make wudu. Continue to make wudu. There is something physical and spiritual. They will say to you, oh, it's the cold water effect. And we have this guy from Iceland that's swearing his whole project of health is about breathing and taking cold baths. Okay, maybe you're right. Because we have Allah is Rahman Rahim. Rahmanul dunya, Rahimul akhirah. There's a material value and there's a spiritual value. There's two values. They're only taking the material. You benefit from that. Good for you. But we are doing it by the sunnah. We're going to get the material and the spiritual value of it. Flower Star says, apparently in America, you have to pay extra for skin-to-skin contact with my own kid? Unreal. Unreal. Mason Hakes, what is the streaming schedule? Uh, if Ryan has the streaming schedule, we could put that up for a second. No, not yet. Okay. But Othman put it at Monday through Thursday, 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. Flower Star says, might, also, might be also linked to the makeup Handshake teachers make children do after a fight and argument. Yes. The handshake after a fight and an argument. And we have the taslim in our majalis. So we have a dhikr, for example. After the dhikr, all the brothers come to the right. And the sisters, they all come to the left of the, of, of the first person in the majlis. Let's say the person sitting at the front of the majlis, everyone come to the left. And then we make a line and we do a taslim. You're making eye contact. You're making dua. For, salam is dua for one another, and you're touching their hands. And then that person stands next to you. Next person comes in, salam, okay? And, and salam's the second person, and he becomes the third person. The next person comes, salam's the first, second, and third, and becomes the fourth person. In that way, everyone in the room, salam's everyone else. That salam, it brings the hearts together. It brings eye contact together. And when you do it repeatedly, eventually you're going to say, well, what's your name, right? You get to know each other. The brothers do this, the sisters do that. Okay. white uh, tahajjud, two rakahs is enough? Yes, it is enough. And by the way, if you want to improve it, recite something from the Mus'haf. Recite a page or two from the Qur'an. Three, four, five pages from the Qur'an. white they still put the full-term baby on the mommy's tummy in Denmark. Are you from Denmark? MashaAllah. Caitlin Joham says, if you pray all night without sleeping first... 
It's the same reward, but it's not the same effect. When you sleep, you erase the memories of the day, the stresses of the day. You're going to wake up, and it's as if you're, you have like a metal rod like this, and the day has made it rusty, right? So it's not going to receive the signal as well. But it's as if the night when you sleep, you put it down, you, ru- you clean it out, you put it down, and then you wake up for Tajid, you pull it up again, and it's now fresh, it's going to receive signals that are much better. You guys know what this is? It's our shadow light. Let's take a look. Let's see if you see a difference. Red. Right. Cayenne. Why does it say cayenne when it's sort of turquoise? Green. Interesting. I love this little remote control. I like remote control things. PU. What's PU? Purple. I love purple and blue. I don't know who would do yellow, right? Mm, green, not so much. So what do you guys say? What should we put here? Yeah? Throw it? Here we go. Good. Yeah. The thicker Majlis is... It's green, yeah. It rotates. Oh, it rotates. We do a green sometimes. But nice. But this one is oh. alternating colors. Let's let's put it ro- let's keep it on rotate. Should we keep it on rotate today? All right, let's keep it on rotate. It's nice. All right, next question comes from Shazia twenty eight oh five. Alhamdulillah, may Allah reward us and may Allah reward you and may Allah Ta'ala keep us upon the state of humility and a state of staying in the masajid, living our entire lives in shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with humble service to the ummah in the masajid. Not just me, all the dua, the duaats, and all those who, who help with that. And may Allah ta'ala increase our brother Ryan for doing the, the um, timestamps. A lot of people talk about how much they benefit from the timestamps, right? Uh, Ryan, inshallah, maybe someday as he seeks knowledge, he'll be giving some of the live stream too. Can you advise on dua for restlessness due to a time of trial? Allahumma alhimna sabr. Ask Allah for a sabr. Allahumma alhimna sabr. Oh Allah, give us the sabr. Right. Anything that you need, go to that direct thing for Allah Ta'ala to give you that sabr. What? On Instagram, there's a... There's a beef between Malikis and Hanafis. <laughs> Malikis and Hanafis are beefing on Instagram. I, I'm, I'm scrolling through. I haven't gotten there yet, so I'm interested to see. We, we've said, please take this discussion elsewhere, Imam Abu Hanifa. But we never even talked about the Hanafites today, did we? No, I think... Um, did we mention Hanafite law today? No, 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 I saw it. Someone asked a question. Yeah. Um, why no no which which madhab is closest to the Quran and the Sunnah? Which madhab is closest to the Quran and the Sunnah? Well, the Hanafi madhab is closest to the Sunnah. The Maliki madhab is the Sunnah, right? Because where is the Maliki madhab coming from? Medina Munawwara, right? And all of the Ahlul Kufa, what would they love? They would love, they would consider like honorable and noble the one who studied in Medina. So no, no discussion on that. Uh, Red Rose says, A friend argued hijab came down as one of the last commandments and is arguing for it not to be a priority when marrying a spouse. 
the idea that the commandments are in order of importance based on the revelation is not correct. What's worse? What's worse? Um, riba? Riba or, back, or backbiting? You're going to go to Allah with one sin on your record. Riba? Backbiting. Which one are you choosing? You want neither, right? But gun to your head, you have to make a choice. Right? Okay, backbiting is less, right? The prohibition of backbiting was way early. The prohibition of riba was the last prohibition. It's one of the worst of sins. The, the, the fiqhi methodology of Red Rose's friend is incorrect. If hijab is such a no big deal, then why not do it? Right? You ever see this? Oh, hijab is no big deal. Then do it then. Right? By the way, I'm not a woman, so I don't know the pressures of hijab. But the logic of it's no big deal. Forget hijab. Anything. Oh, it's no big deal. Then do it then. Right? I think if, if you know, I'm not in a yeah. position to give any advice, but if somebody's caught up in that mindset, yeah. take them to the Umrah. And, mm. and walk around, you'll see nobody... You see nobody's hair. Subhanallah. You see none of this stuff. Yeah. You'll come back and you're not going to want to. Subhanallah. Yeah. You know. uh, that's the value of the suhbah of being around salihina. And everyone's a salih at Umrah, acting like a salih at least. So you get used to it. So in some Muslim countries, non-mahrams greet each other by kissing each other on the cheeks. How to avoid such a situation? COVID. Cough all over them. Wear a mask. Or tell them. Uh, I have a religion now, by the way. Right? And we don't do this. But every, it's going to be, you're going to have to treat it differently because, you know, it is true that some of these cultures have taken on French and European greetings where, like, let's say two couples are coming to have dinner to another couple. The, husband, the wife of the other guy will greet with a handshake and a kiss on the cheek. Right? To the other dude. It's a European culture that has spread into the Arab world through Kafir colonization. And they got to figure something out. Yes, Maham, uh, you're going to be able to fly over from England. And um, you know what we should do, Ryan? We also should buy a couple of the apartments across the street and make them hotels. Make one of them a hotel room. Anyone in the world wants to come, bring your family, cheap It'll be, you know, you're going to pay, but not as not a lot. We One thing we can't do, though, we can't do what the Jews do in Brooklyn. Which is what? Um, what's it called? Gentrification. Like Gentrification. Where it's only cheap for Muslims. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nasty. Yeah, you mean, basically, it's oppressive. Yeah. They raise all the prices for everybody else who lives there. And yeah, then, that's and not good. lower it all for the family. Yeah, that's oppressive. Well, you end up hated. Is there predestination in Jannah? Everything is, everything is in Allah's knowledge. Which madhab is more in line with the authentic sunnah? That's it is. the question that brought up the beef. What are the benefits of wird latif? It protects you from hasad of people. It, protects, it, it helps forgive sins. It strengthens your, your iman and your, your, your belief in Allah. It gives you the rewards of all the adhkar. And it protects you from sihr. It protects you from a lot of bad things. Khala White says she's not a nurse, but a mom of two preemies, so that's how she knows about the skin to skin. All right? 
Imam Abu Hanifa is the name of the link, and that's where their dispute is. Yes, all the madhahib are valid to be followed. Okay? And it is just of merely joking in a halal way when we say one is better than the other. Okay? We don't com- who are we to compare the Abu Hanifa and Malik and Shafi and Ahmad? You zip it. Who are you? You didn't even know how to make wudu until two weeks ago. Okay? So we don't compare between the Imams. And if anyone does, it's just like a mere jest. Okay? Wow, she's almost a nurse because she had to stay in the hospital for two months for each kid. You know those kids, sometimes they have some kind of a barakah to them because everyone's making du'a for them. You know that? Like whenever a baby's born and straight in the hospital, the whole community, whole family's making du'a for them. Okay? They, that's a barakah because they have that du'a now. Regular baby wouldn't have that du'a. Safa, should we redo our salah if we forget to recite, recite a surah after al-fatiha in one of the first two rakahs? You need to do Sajdatay as-sahu, two sujood sahu, after when you remember. But if a long time has passed, okay, and then khalas, it's, it's passed. But in the future, if you forget the surah after Fatiha, you owe two sahu before you salam out. All right. Um, nothing says, also wanted to say, I always watch the stream later on, but I hope to still get the reward of being in the gathering, mashallah. And we want to come to the UK. We would love to come to the UK. I want to come to the UK. I also want to go to Singapore. I was scheduled to go for Singapore, a tour in Singapore. Singapore, as the Arabs call it, Singapore. That um, where COVID hit in March, so that canceled the whole summer tour. But I really want to go to Singapore and Indonesia. And Malaysia. Now, Singapore is a state in, in Malaysia, but it was so successful that it cut themselves off from the rest of, of Malaysia. If I'm not mistaken about it's Malaysia. It's connected to Malaysia. And I think Indonesia is separate. Yusuf says, can you explain in detail how we can make for Mr. Tahajjud? If you miss Tahajjud, you pray it again in the morning. You pray what you w- were r- routinely praying, you pray that in the morning. App Workflow says... Was Maria Al-Qibtiya Muhammad's wife? Please answer. Yes. Sayyid Al-Kawnain. He freed her and took her as wife. She was given to him as a gift, a slave woman. That was a thing in the past. And then he freed her and made her wife. Solomon, how to reconcile the fact of repentance at any time? Is this an encourage to sin now and repent later? The only repentance that is not accepted is the planned repentance. Okay, let me go out with this girl and I'll make Toba next year. I'm going for Umrah in December. That gives me some leeway to have some fun in November, right? That's the, the repentance that is considered a mockery of the deen and it's not allowed. Lix says, do you guys allow donations on YouTube? I didn't know that was a thing. But no, only on Patreon. But if it's a thing on YouTube, we'll figure it out. Flower star, subhanAllah, exactly why I want to homeschool. The fitna I'm witnessing, my younger siblings and cousins go through, is crazy. If we didn't have an Islamic school, I'd homeschool. And my version of homeschool would be different. It would be a lot of hands-on. It would be, let's say, you wake up, from 9 to 1, you do subjects. Read a bunch of books, do a bunch of math problems. I'll get you a math tutor. You take a break. After that, I'm going to call each of my friends. 
hey, can my kid work in your restaurant, in your doctor's office, free labor? I want him to see professionals. I want him to know, okay, a doctor's office, this is what it's like. A dentist's office, this is what it's like. A restaurant, this is what it's like. A gas station, this is what it's like. And it's good for the economy, free labor for all these people, right? So I want them to see, and that will also help them choose, hey, I want to do this when I grow up. I want to be that job when I grow up, right? So that's that would be my version of homeschooling. Unfortunately, the state has these like ridiculous men, this 55.5 hours of geography. Uh, 60 hours of English. Wait, why can't geography and English be one subject, right? Read the story of Ibn Battuta. I went from Morocco, then to, to Algeria, then to Africa, then to Morocco. That's geography, isn't it? Right? History and English, how are they different? Why should they be different? I understand English may be slightly different from history at some points. Sometimes they can overlap, right? Education to me is reading a bunch, reading as much as you can and doing as much math problems as you can. Because what they do is like, it's like mass education. Like yeah. You need to do that. It's just, just exactly. standardized. Exactly. It's funny. And then it's also, what happens if I have a kid who at a certain point in time has become obsessed with a certain book? Why don't I go with it, right? We'll, we'll make up the math hours later on in the year, right? But go with it. Go deep into it and then come back out for math instead of cutting his interests because it's a factory, cutting the cookies like this, right? So there has to be a little bit of an of a enforced balance, but there also should need to be breathing room. That's, that would be my version of homeschooling, right? There would probably also be a lot of blood pressure <laughs> having all these kids around. Probably couldn't do the stream. And if I did the stream, you know what? I would barely, They would be working, right? I'd make them attend the stream working, vacuum, right? Set up the cushions. Learn how the mic works. Learn what Ryan's job is. Learn what I'm saying here, right? They'd be, I had my daughter come the other day and she was reading off the questions. Oh, really? Until she vomited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Flower Star. Uh, she said, we answered, we talked about that homeschooling. Solomon says, what is your advice for those who are trying their best to not commit sins but are still not satisfied because they are not fitting in or living their lives like others? Answer to your question is you need companions. You can't try to practice this deem by yourself. It's going to be too much pressure. You need friends who are also not doing this, these sins, so that it helps you, it gives you support, right? You need to go to the masjid and make yourself a little crew. Find a little crew of pious kids that are just like you, youth, and hang out with them. And they'll give you support. Let's go to Insta. Uh, Imam al-Bukhari, according to Muhammad Mas'ud, never was seen without wudu. Subhanallah. Amazing. Amazing. Reef says, the surah is sunnah, mu'akkada, so you do a qabli to learn up, sign up to our Madiki Fit class. Yes, we have a Madiki Fit class, which we start up again next Tuesday, online. What is a qabli? A qabli is sujood as-sahu to sujood before salam. Qabl, before salam. Sarkodi, how do you deal with pride from excessive praise, praising you on your knowledge and articulation? If someone praises you so much, you realize that that person is praising you relative to somebody else. And you know other people who do 10 times better than you, right? Like those MSA kids who said, how do we uh, avoid riyah after organizing these events? Oh, that was, 
That was so funny. That was the first time I ever saw you speak or anything. Like two years ago. I was yeah. literally, like, I just became Muslim. I told him, Riyat from what? What did you guys do exactly? You invited a couple people by email and text and you put out some chairs. And the rest of the time you spent making an excuse to flirt with the sisters. So what's the Riyat there, right? You haven't done anything. So by comparison, you know, that's why Allah created the likes of Imam and Nawawi for scholars. Who are what are you even in compare you can't if you read his works in your lifetime, that's an achievement. Imagine the one who wrote them. Anyone, oh I'm doing dawah. What about all the people who the entire country of Indonesia entered Islam under them? And you're happy because you got two shahadas? So comparison. We've done nothing. We have to I was in I was in this meeting the other day. Yeah. And like I always had this perspective, like anytime someone like compliments you or anything, you have to like be like, Oh, I don't deserve this and that's like part of it. But he my friend mentioned like how often do we make dua that Allah preserves these characteristics for us? We have to say, May Allah make it true and keep it true. And keep us humble, right? Relative to you may be a big deal. Right? That and, and I remember a time that we weren't always religious. I remember that first year of starting to go to Masajid and stuff. Anyone who had a beard, I looked up to them like this. right? Because we didn't have beards in our family. right? We didn't have hijab in our family. Anyone who had, wore hijab, like, the woman, she wears that outside the house? right? We looked up to them like the biggest deal in the world. right? Would it possibly ever be a day where we're like that? right? Family with beards and hijab and prays out loud? Right? And, and, and reads the Qur'an, that's how it was. And then you did that, and you couldn't believe you're doing it, and then all of a sudden, three years later, you're accustomed to it all. It's normal now. Then you meet a scholar, and you're like, is it possible one day that we could say, Abu Hanifa said this, and Bukhari says this in his hadith, but Malik says that? So intimidating, right? Then you, you keep going, keep going with them. Then one day you're doing that, Right? And then you see the Salihin who have transcended their sins and they pray at night. You're like, that's will never be like that, right? But you keep hanging out with them, then Allah makes you one of them. So it's always like that, climbing up and up and up and up. All right, uh, next question says, hmm. next question is, a lot of questions coming in here. Salafis, they have far too many contradictions themselves. Yes, of course they do. There's an epic Aqidah uh, post about the different things. They, they all contradict themselves. We don't study with Salafis. We don't even have Salafis in MBIC. Next. And, and, and if they are, by the way, they like they like us too at MBIC because we have adab with our elders if they're Salafi we, we have adab with our elders we don't make assumptions we don't get in their face we don't look down on them that's why they like us at MBIC even when they come what is the hadith about entering the empty of the house and saying salam the Prophet said if you enter your house a man said oh well Master Allah I want to be rich Prophet said enter your house say assalamu alaikum 
whether someone's in the house or not in the house, and then recite, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ The man said, I did that within a short time. I had a lot of wealth and even had to give some to my neighbors. Khaira White says, will you ever come to Oakville, Canada? Where is that? Alberta? No, it sounds like it's Ontario, right? Maybe. Okay. Mm. Next question here. Uh, Sarkodi and Reef are discussing, and Abu Hanifa are discussing some some things here. Neba says, tips in improving your relationship with your parents. Smile at them. Every time you make eye contact, smile at them. You think it's weird in the beginning. So what? Every time they make eye contact, smile at them. Never bring up a subject in which you differ. Don't bring up any subject in which there's argumentation or difference of opinion. Abby K, I have a question. It might come off random, but you talk about awliya and miracles. Have you witnessed any and happened to yourself? I think from the miracles that I would say that I had witnessed was a number of us at a certain, we were all like 18, 19, 20 years old, and we had no money, like to our own, no autonomy of our own. And we wanted to go visit these awliya. And we all had this sincere intention, but a lot of us didn't have the means. Some people didn't have their parents' permission. And some people just didn't have the money. But we all were able to make it. And I find, and, and the chances, the chances were extremely bleak. I'll tell you one example. I was applied to go to a trip to Morocco to study. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and didn't get any um, response from them at all. Right, and I was just waiting and waiting and waiting, and finally, and this was the old the old days before email, phone, and mail, paper mail. I was working in a hospital, and a guy pulled me over. He saw a little Quran that I had, and he pulled me over, and he starts preaching Christianity to me, and I start talking to him back. I call a, a convert friend of mine who was involved in this trip to Morocco, and he said. Oh my gosh, we have been looking for you. You wrote your phone number wrong on the application. Today's the last day the passports are going out, right? I called him to ask him about this Dawa question. He said, you wrote your phone number wrong. We've been trying to reach you. We can't reach you. Today's the last day, right, for you to get accepted to this program. To me, that's like a little act of, a major act of generosity from Allah. Not karama in the sense of gravity was reversed or something like that. Right, but to me, that was divine intervention, and I never saw that Christian guy again. He was just a, another worker in the hospital. Right, I never saw him again. But he said, "Forget the, this Christian conversation. You're about to miss your spot. This is the, literally the last day, right? And the visas are going to go out, and you're not, and the and the plane tickets are going to be purchased, and you're, you're going to miss the trip." So I Im- immediately called the organizer, clarified everything, right. And then I, I was able to make it on the trip. To me, that's one of the things that uh, I would say. Uh, and certain things where um, where you go to somebody for help and they answer your question before you ask the question. This has happened a number of times. You go to a sheikh for an issue, he answers your question before you even asked it. it happens to a lot of people. Hang out with these shiuch enough, you'll see. But have ikhlas and don't look for the karama. Just have ikhlas. You'll see the karamat. 
Hey, Ryan, remember at that one dhikr when I tell a long story of the Prophet Sallallahu and the youth were having an event in the back room? They were watching like Nemo or something. Yeah. And right when I was about to say like what actually happened, I was like, and the Prophet Sallallahu said, and in the back room, in the gym, the, the movie aligned to the suspense beat. Dun, dun, dun. Right? It was so loud, everyone heard it, and we all got goosebumps, right? That's the barakah of talking about the Prophet ﷺ. Red Sheik says, why are a lot of ex-Muslims from Muslim countries, but not the non-Muslims, the ex-Muslims, the dawah has been so corrupted in Islamic countries, especially in Saudi Arabia, when they're peddling a doctrine that is rejected by Allah, and as a result... The sweetness of Iman is not entering into the hearts of people. That's the reason. Iran and Saudi Arabia, they both promote doctrines unacceptable as Ahl Sunnah. The Sakina, the sweetness of Iman, does not enter there with a doctrine is invalid like that, balted like that. So the kids are getting dry Iman. So they reject it. Atheism is on the rise, and it's been said, a study, one of these studies, that the two countries that are on the fastest route to absolute secularism, like England and America, and France, and Germany, Saudi Arabia, and Iran. The two countries that are furthest from Ahl-Sunnah. It's like, it's like Christians here. Like, yeah. Everybody like, is like an ex-Christian. Like, oh, I was born Christian, but now yeah, I'm atheist. Exactly. Because like, if everybody that calls themselves a Christian is drinking alcohol... And they do it. They all they have like two divorce. They have all these like issues, negative things in their life. It's it's yeah. You're bound to leave it. And it's like in, in this anybody any person who was born a Muslim, they're not gonna they're gonna stop identifying as a Muslim. Totally they're take the kufi off. Hundred percent. Right here. And what keeps you person person in Islam? Knowledge is the foundation base. Companionship is like the security guards. But ultimately, the reason you're in the house is it feels good, right? The path of purification of our souls, tasawwuf and dhikr, brings honey into your heart. Wallahi al-Azim, honey. Right? And you could literally say, I can say nothing other than pure honey is entering inside my heart when I do this dhikr. And when I do this, that's the product we have to offer people. You never trade that in. And then you realize, hold on, when I listen to music, that honey, I can't taste it anymore. Stop listening to music. Not because, just because of fiqh and fatwa, no, because of experience. If you touch some, uh, a hot stove, you get burnt. What do you do? Stop touching a hot stove. If you eat a beautiful Rita's ice cream, you got Rita's in England? Icy with the cream on top on a hot summer day. And especially when the ice starts melting a little bit into the cream, right? You're like, oh my gosh, this was so good. What are you going to do the next day? Buy another Rita's, right? Because it feels good. When you drink coffee in the morning, first thing, and you're like, wow, I feel like zapped, like I'm on halal drugs. What are you going to do? Buy another cup of coffee, right? It feels good. We're human beings. We're animals at some point. This dhikrullah subhanahu wa ta'ala and purify your ego so that the dhikr can come in, right? It's like honey's coming into my heart. That's what's going to keep us in Islam, right? That's what's going to keep us going. And that's what's going to keep the kids in going, not just knowledge and discipline. No. Knowledge and discipline doesn't do enough. It's definitely part of the process. What is Americana? Americana 
is these awesome cultural things we've exported to the world. McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Michael Jordan, NBA, right? Hollywood, that's Americana. People love it, okay? What is backing it? A nice thing called the U.S. military, right? But the U.S. military is not why people, at least in the 90s, 80s and 90s, craved Americana. When I went to Egypt, oh my goodness, the kids, I'm talking 80s, ran to my luggage, opened it up to look at American stuff. Ran into my luggage. Look at these shorts. Look at his sneakers. This is before exporting really got there, right? And they would go, and we were just like a regular Egyptian family. So go to my sisters. Oh, look at this cassette. Who is this? Billy Joel, right? Who is this? Mike. And they would be, where's your Michael Jackson? Do you have Michael Jackson's cassettes? They loved Americana, right? So it's a love. It's a feeling. This dean has a product, and the product is what people are truly seeking after, Sakina. It's not just Sakina, it's sweetness, it's energy. You wake, you come out after these, right? You just feel like you're glowing and you want this glow to spread on everyone else and you want to just tell everyone that you love them. That's how the sweetness you feel inside yourself. That's the result of following our shiuch, purifying our egos, and doing dhikr. Any da'wah that does not have a heavy, heavy, heavy molasses Right? You ever see a kid pour uh, syrup on their waffles? Right? Pouring it on. Right? That's how our dhikr has to be. Pour it on. No hesitation. Everyday dhikr. One, Ryan, one of our agendas, we have to dhikr every day. Now we have two buildings. Right? We got this Zawiyah and we got MBIC. And one thing that we could share between them is dhikr. Monday, we have Monday, Wednesday dhikr here. We have Thursday at the masjid. We have every other Friday at the masjid. We had three Buddha nights last week. We need to pile on the dhikr like you've never imagined. And I'm telling you, the happiest thing that I've ever seen, high schoolers, and you know high schoolers, they turn dark, right? When a kid goes to high school, he turns dark. High schoolers, come up to me. When's the next dhikr night? I need a dose, right? I need my dosage, right? When's the next dhikr night? And I'm looking at them, wallahi, 12th, 10th grade, 11th grade, 9th grade, I'm looking at them in the vicar circle. He's gone. He's got his eyes shut. A high schooler. And you know these kids are into something else. A high schooler's got his eyes shut doing his vicar. He's gone. That's coming down, that vicar, right? That's what we need. SubhanAllah al Anybody can do vicar. Do a lot of it, you get good at it. And learn, just as you learn to be imam of salah, learn to be imam of vicar. Okay? SubhanAllah that's, that's our product. And that's why where they don't have that, you have apostasy. In my book, you only really have two, two lanes. There's only two lanes. If you're in the middle, I don't like the middle. I cannot stand the middle. It's either alcohol, drugs, and Las Vegas, or Wall Street, if you're smart, right? Or it's tasawuf, awliya, anbiya. Sharia, fiqh. All right? There's only two paths. The middle, to me, you're shortchanging yourself. You're a coward if you're in the middle. Pick one and go that path. All the way. You cannot have a society except that it has faith or alcohol. Because you guys don't, might not know because you're young. You're going to hit 30, 40, and life is going to start hitting you in different capacities, right? 
your body starts changing, your hormones start changing. People get depressed. You're either going to go, your outlet's going to be Iman. You're either going to respond to this by digging deep and having Iman, or you're going to respond to this by alcohol. Okay? And that middle life that most people are living, neither on the path of God nor the path of Las Vegas and Hollywood, to me, they're cowards, right? I'm either going to go one of the two paths. And we know that that other path is straight to hell. They're all on depression. They're all on drugs. They're all in suicide, okay? Where's the highest suicide rate in the world? Where's the highest depression rate in the world? It's probably also going to coincide with the highest rate of drugs, alcohol, zina, nakedness, all one package so we're definitely not going that route is it okay to feel, feel tired of waiting when making dua says Shahida is it okay to have a dip then go back up it's not okay but it is normal it's not okay that, like we're accepting but it's normal when you have a dip you have to ask yourself why am I here what am I doing I am here because I want something from Allah I love this thing and I know Allah is generous and he will give it to me. So keep going. So when you dip, you come back. It's natural to have a dip, but don't accept it for yourself. Susu says, what do you do if the masjid women's section is empty most of the time and your friends aren't really religious? Go to a different masjid. Try to go to different masjid until you find a group. Cloaked Huck says, if someone hypothetically stole merchandise from a Nike store online, how should they fix that after repentance? So, to rephrase the question, I stole from a massive corporation. Someone's responsible for that theft, right? Someone is going to be, there's going to be a manager accountable, right? For that theft. If that manager is still in the job, maybe you cause him to get fired, right? Because there's missing merchandise. But if he's still on the job, I think that you may owe it to them to say, hey, listen, I, I nabbed something from you. Incognito email address, right? Uh, NikeThief125 at gmail.com. Hey, Chris, I'm one of your former employees. I stole from you, and it's probably on your spreadsheet, and you're maybe got in trouble for it. Um, and I'm here to give it back. Because what you want to do is avoid the harm. If the manager is going to get in trouble for that, you have to give it back. Now it's been like many years later and khalas, everything's turned over and the company doesn't even know that the theft happened. And you just make a istighfar, a general istighfar. And probably don't even wear those shoes. It's stolen property, right? Are clear mujassima Muslims? They're zanadqa. A clear mujassima? Tajseem like that? Clear tajseem? One or the other. Okay. Let's go to YouTube, see what's going on. There's a good question on Instagram. Go ahead. You gotta keep going now. You can read it. I can't find it anymore. I can't find it? All right. Fatima bint Abdul Rauf says, Do you do istikhara when you are unsure? No, you do istikhara when you're pretty much sure on a decision and you want Allah to strengthen your conviction and show you signs in this world where it's it's good for you or bad for you. As Nika, 3D drawings on a screen, it's considered to be, if it's a full creature, makru, if it's 3D on a screen, makru. Only th- when we talk about 3D, 3D in real life, not on a screen. 
Uh, Levantine, okay. All right. YQ says, how's the ArcView semester started yet? No, it hasn't started yet. Um, next week. It's not a full semester. It's the remnants of the classes that didn't finish from the spring. But all the, uh, all the um, pre-recorded classes are up. Why are you against Salafis? Aren't they essentially people who follow the way of the Salaf? That's the claim, but they haven't. No, they have went against the uh, aqidah of Islam in many ways. And there are many different types of Salafis, that's the problem. But no, they are not, they're, they're not, they haven't fulfilled what they've claimed, which is we went all the way back, right, and followed the Salaf. And they have many mistakes uh, in the conclusions they came to. That's why we don't have that. Is the Naqshbandi sect misguided? You have to look at what they do. Just the name Naqshbandi will not make someone misguided. It's what they do. Okay. It's what they do. And what they believe and how they practice. The four madahib are those, as Shahida says, are those who are on the salaf. Okay. Please expound what you said about Salat al Duha making up for tahajjud. If the Prophet slept through his tahajjud because the day was so exhausting, he would make up his prayer in Duha time. All right, we're looking for Ayah Levantines. Um, it's like a paragraph. Okay, let's go down. Uh, Maham uh, shared a nice story of a karama. Yeah, have uh, the the two horn the hadith of the two horn of Najd. Yeah, they tried to throw it on Iraq. They want to say Najd al Iraq. It's not true at all. It's Najd Najd Riyadh. Okay, a eleven time. Why did Allah send us to this world when all we have to do is suffer and then die? He wanted us to worship Him. If He wanted us to worship Him, we could have stayed in heaven and done that. And why do I get punished for what a prophet Adam did? It's a great question. You're not punished at all. You're honored by what Prophet Adam did, and he was honored by being sent down here because the angels are worshiping Allah in the heavens. But they're worshiping Allah without temptation, without enemies, without anything. So Allah wanted a greater worship. Not all worship is the same. He wanted a greater worship. A worship in which you had to fight through things to truly show your ikhlas and your sincerity. May Allah make us sincere and humble all the time and upon the sunnah. By putting us in this world, it allows us the possibility of forgetting about the heavens and forgetting it and being distracted from Allah. By giving a nafs, by having a nafs, it allows us to be whispered to do something wrong, right? To have desires that we have to fight against. Every time you go against nature, okay, against and you struggle, your worship is purified even more and it is at a higher level. What is better? Tell me what is better. You play soccer and everyone at the end gets a trophy for participating. Or you had to go through 16 teams and you had to play a series until there were 8 teams left. And then you had to play another game and win that game 
until there are four teams left. And win another game until there's two teams left. And then win another game until you're the champion. Which trophy is more meaningful and sweeter to you? More memorable? Here's another question. From which one will you learn more? You can't learn if everything is given to you on a silver platter. There must be a journey. And a journey is not a journey if there's no struggle. So all these struggles are peeling the layers of an onion to see something great that Allah has created. And that is the human being who strives in, in the path of Allah against the four enemies. Nafs, Hawa, whims, Shaitan, Dunya, and even there's a fifth one, other humans that struggle against us. By struggling, we learn so much about ourselves and we attain ranks that we could not attain. And that's why the righteous Muslim human is higher than an angel. All right, let's take maybe one or two more questions. Okay. Is it correct that the dunya was not a punishment for Adam? It's not a punishment. Allah said, we created for the earth a khalifa. He was meant to be on earth. Being in heaven was merely his dry run to see if he's going to react properly. And he passed the test on the first try. When it was made to appear to him that he disobeyed God and that Allah was angered with him, it wasn't the case, it was appeared to be, because he forgot. He didn't commit sin, he didn't disobey Allah. He disobeyed Allah outwardly, but not inwardly. So, he passed the test. He blamed himself and he sought forgiveness. He passed the test. When Allah deemed that you passed the test, now you go to fulfill your real mission on this earth. Shayan says, nice HD camera. Well, that's thanks to you all for supporting us on Patreon. None of us asked to be here and we didn't eat that forbidden fruit, so why are we in the dunya? We're in the dunya as a benefit for us. Right? We're in this world as a benefit. This is how we're going to make our ranks. And you want to prove that you want proof that every human being wants to be in this world? Let's take you and slice your neck, see how you're going to react. You want to live, don't you? Some people say, oh, I never asked to be here. Then let us drown your drown you in, 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 a, in a tub of water. Let us slice your neck. Are you going to allow it? Let us hold your breath till you die. When you sleep, we'll put a syringe in you that you'll die. Do you want it? No, you fight to live. You will fight to live. Life is such a gift. Subhanallah. Susu says, going to different masajid isn't really an option, as they are all far away. Oh, that's, that's really rough. Then you're going to have to have an online friendship. You're going to have to be friends with this crew right here of people, of, of, of wonderful people, because we have so much love on our streams that, you know, I guess you're going to have to suffice with that and WhatsApp groups that we have through, through Safina Society. Shay K says, Dua with Salah during the last third of the night. Without Salah, yes, it still counts as a major, major Dua. Muhammad Azzurbi says, When you say Duha is time for making up to Hajjah, do we just pray Salat al-Duha or pray extra rakas? You pray what you would have prayed into Hajjah time. Flower Star, I finished my degree a few days ago. Alhamdulillah, Dua request for figuring out what comes next. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open the door for you to show you what's good for you. Okay? And everyone else who's in that situation. Kiragyu says, Kiragir, Salam from Sweden, mashallah. Sweden, Ryan's homeland. Maybe you're related. Old cousins. There's only like, what, three million people in Sweden anyway. Okay. Who asked you 
is the question. Can we watch Yasser Qadi's Sira series? I think it was from his set of days. I don't know. I didn't watch it, but I, a lot of people watched it. I don't know about all the details of it. Aframain says, I hope in the future we will have Islamic schools with curriculums that are in line with the Sharia. Inshallah we will. And they're, they're getting there. Some of, the, some of them are getting there. Okay. Muhammad Abdul Hakim, schools in the United States are basically indoctrination. In, indoctrination, of course. I, Mason Hake says, I heard that YouTube takes 40 to 50% of live donations. Forget them then. Amira Glover, how do I stifle my competitive nature when it comes to non-obligatory acts of worship? How do I suppress the need to show off? Compete against yourself. Compete against yourself. Should we ask for shukr and not sabr? You ask for sabr when you need sabr. So Nimra says, I was told not to ask for sabr, but ask for ease. Yes, that's a good idea. But I mean, if you're in a situation you need the sabr, then you ask for it. But ask for ease. Ask for Allah to make the journey easy for you. Very wise, and thank you for making those comments. Okay. Thank you for all those comments. Is there a Safina Saidi sisters WhatsApp group? It's not a sisters only WhatsApp group, and it's for our classes. If you sign up for ArcView, Ryan, do you have the website there? ArcView or Basic or ArcView Scholarship, you get to sign on to a WhatsApp group, and we get to put the students on a WhatsApp group. And and from there, friend, you know, people can make friends and they get to talk, right? So, how do you sign up for the Medicaid fake? If Mason Hakes, if you're in ArcView, you go into arcview.org, you log in, you're going to find Medicaid fake. We're on Ibn Ashir. Click on it. You'll get uh, the links on the information. We start up next Tuesday. The Zoom link should be there next Tuesday evening. We start up. So Mason Hakes, make sure you communicate with us, email us, and make and Ryan will um, uh, help you walk through it and get you on to... By the way, Mason Hakes, where are you from? Sounds like a Midwest type of name. Yeah. Uh, Saad Zahid, ArcView with a K. Ryan, oh, there it is. Ryan put it up. Take our classes online at arcview.org. That's where we give our classes. Okay. Last question from Subhi. If I'm traveling and doing the traveler salah, should I do my dhikr adhkar at the appropriate time? Together completing the two rakahs back to ex dhuhrasr. When we're when we're traveling, you do the adhkar if you're capable. Like if you're in the traveling and sometimes traveling is difficult, you do the awrad if you're able to. Uh, Khala White says What are your thoughts on Sheikh Nazim Al-Haqqani And his wife Amina Adil Sheikh Nazim was, a, he was on Ahl Sunnah But his methodology was a little bit different There was there was less I would say Of fiqhi parameters Observed sometimes Sometimes Like there was less of an emphasis on that And as a result Sometimes you may see something here or there That was not in line with the fiqh But he was a Sunni And and his aqidah was sound. And in general, he was a Hanafi. But this, there was less influence, uh, impact, uh, uh, emphasis on the study of fiqh. And that's why sometimes you might see something here or there that the fuqaha may have condemned or the people condemn, right? But otherwise, and, and their tariqah, uh, I don't know much about, I can't tell you anything about the insides of the Haqqani group. 
I can't say anything about that. I never experienced it. But in general, I would consider his his written works have benefit, have a lot of benefit in them, spiritually. Caitlin Johama, I have paid week off of work. What would be the best advice to use the time to reconnect spiritually and heighten ijaba of dua? If you have the ability to travel, right? If you have the ability to travel, right? To a place that has some spirituality to it, like Fez, Morocco, and go to the gatherings there, if you have that ability, right? Go, go take a spiritual vacation, you know, to somewhere where you can get some reignited, right? All right, folks, I wish we can continue on. Shazia says, Sadaqa is magical. Sadaqa does so much. It's unbelievable. Right? I wish we could continue on, but we have to stop here. Jazakumullah khairan, everybody. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-ladhina amanu wa aminu al-salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-haq. Wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Uh, Mason Hakes, inshallah communicate with Ryan.